by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I am your announcer, Evan Lionheart of evanlionheart.com in New Jersey, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, Conjurman of conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California, and this week's very special guest, Ramona Scott, of Ramona Scott Speaks the Other Truth, bringing us the topic of how to find a good reader. Together they will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening. But if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment. But first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Ms. Kat? Hi. How are you today, Evan? Hello. <laughs> I'm doing excellently. Thank you, Ms. Kat. How are you today? <laughs> well, I'm fine. Today has been a, a momentous day for me. Um, I, after, um, hmm, let's see, I guess we started AIR and the AISC sort of got started in 2008, in about December of 2008. Mm-hmm. And we got the website live in 2009. And I was on the board, I was the president of the board for the first few years, and then I uh, stepped down from being the president of the board, and Deacon Millett became the president. And we've had various board members over the years. And um, today, after planning for this for two years and explaining to people, um, the board accepted my resignation from the board. In other words, I'm no longer going to be on the board. And I am, um, you know, it's a, it, it's a, change for me, a much welcome change. I've been on the board too long. <laughs> that's, a, that's an old song. I've been on the board too long. And um yeah. and so I just wanted to I just wanted to let people know that um uh, Deacon Millett continues as the um the board president and um and the um person replacing me on the board is our very own Papa G. Mm. And um, so that's kind of neat. And I'm, you know, congratulations to Papa G. He's a fine root worker and a really good organizer. And, um, you know, things are going to be really good. The other members of the board, as presently constituted, are um, uh, Deacon and Miss Michael, Ms. Robin, Mama E, Lady Muse, Papa G and Nagashiva. And um Mama E will be resigning in June and 
John St. Germain will be returning. He was a board member for quite a few years, but as some of you know, he had a, some um, surgery, and then he needed some recuperation time and so forth, and he's, he's all back. He's going to be back uh, to work on the board, and Mama E will step away just as I did. So air is running very smoothly, and I get to have two extra hours per month that I used to spend on board duties filing rare postcards in my albums, which are going to be sent to my Patreon patrons on a weekly basis when I'm done with these books. And and folks, have I got some rare postcards for you. And all of these, by the way, have to do with fortune-telling and divination. This isn't like... You know, Cat Goes Crazy collecting California agriculture postcards. That ship sailed back in the 1960s. <laughs> These are, this is dipping into my lifelong collection of postcards on divination and fortune telling from around the world. And if you want to see them, you, you know, uh, sign up on Patreon. $2 a week, $8 for a, a month, four posts a, a month, and you'll be part of the people who are in the know on uh, if you ever wondered about what old postcards have to do with divination methods they were used to teach divination like there might be a set of postcards or cigarette card trading cards on how to do palmistry or it might be a set on uh, how to memorize the birthstones for each sign of the zodiac with the flowers that go with them and i have well, if I said I had hundreds, I'd be underestimating. I have multiple hundreds of these cards. So, oh, wow. And eventually they will wow. all be shown to my patrons, and I'm going to be doing some teaching on the subject of this. And, and just a little side note, just because Ali said, oh, wow. Why, Ali, would I be doing teaching on this subject? Do you have an idea? I'm, I'd love to know. I'm, I'm okay. all ears. The reason... The reason is all these young people who think that the abstemious Calvinistic form of Protestant Christianity that forbids magic has always lived in the castle, that ain't so. And you can go back 100 years, you can go back 50 years. I don't go back more than 50 myself because I, I like the art style from 100 years and even more. I mean, I'm I'm bringing out postcards from 1907, and they tell you, wow. you know, if, if you were a, if you were in Aries, they give you a whole sun something, and it's beautiful with art, chromolithographic art. Um, all of this was part of our common knowledge, common mm. knowledge, and this goes back to the hoodoo for root workers, where a few years ago, a few misguided people wanted to set me down and tell me, well, black people don't use astrology. And I just kind of came up out of the corner saying, um, if they mm-hmm. bought baking soda, they did. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. in every mm-hmm. box of Arm & Hammer baking soda, it told you about astrology and how to get mm-hmm. the the moon signs and the sun signs. and uh, Yeah. So, yeah, anybody could buy baking soda and learn astrology. I'm not kidding. I have another I have another little book I'm going to be scanning on palmistry. Well, how would people learn palmistry? Oh, it's yeah, put out yeah. by an oatmeal company. Oatmeal. You open the box of oatmeal, and there is your free book on palmistry. Okay? Mm. So just telling you, life used to be a lot more fun back in those days before the right-wing... <laughs> The right wing took over the Baptist 
I just want people to, to, to just think for a second. That, I mean, Arm & Hammer, postcards, oatmeal cup, like, how cool is it that it's so interwoven like that? I know. It's part of life. It was part of life. And, you know, everybody looks at, unless they're a historian, that's why I said, why do you know about it? Unless a person's mm-hmm. a historian, they they have what I call the we have always lived in the castle mentality, which is yeah. the idea that the, the, the eternal present, and it's not true. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I get all these uh, calls uh, and all these uh, posts at the Lucky Mojo Forum from these young people, you know, and, I, and no offense, they're, they 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 haven't done their research, and they go things yes. like, "My parents tell me that this is evil, evil, evil," and I'm like, "Wow, okay, gee, my parents didn't, <laughs> right?" Mm-hmm. And a lot of us grew up with all of that, and then they say, "Well, you were a hippie. This was all in the hippie period." Oh no, oh no, I didn't <laughs> even go back as far as the Hermetic Revival of the 1870s and 1880s, right? Oh yeah, I didn't oh, even go oh. back as far as Pascal Beverly Randolph, African-American spiritualist and abolitionist, on stage in 1850, Mm -hmm. telling people how to use a mirror to scry and how to do sex magic. Come on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So this, this, um, there was, there's been a, a, a little cutoff, a little upset in the flow of history. And as far as magic and religion, and I'm here to darn the socks of history. Oh, I love that. Wow. Darn the socks of history. Yes. That's got to be that. You've got to make that the subtitle of something, Kat. Either a book or uh, one of your patron posts. I'll make it a chapter that. in one of my books. Darn yes, the there socks you go. Of history. The that's a good, I it's love a good that. phrase. I'll write it down. Oh, that's right. very good. So that's my news. Um, I am now uh, no longer on the board, and this was absolutely voluntary. It was um, when I resigned from the management of the Hoodoo Heritage Festival a couple of years ago. I, you know, I gave people four years warning for that and six years warning for this. So I don't, I'm not, I never walk away in haste. I'm a Taurus, but um, and of course I'm always there if they need me or they need the institutional memory. So. Uh, what's up with you, Ali? I, you know, I'm that darn the socks of history is going to stick with me. I love that. That's so so good. <laughs> um, we heard it here first. It's going to be a chapter in her book, so <laughs> we we got exclusive. <laughs> we heard it first exclusively. I do love uh, what you're doing with, with the Patreon there, and you're really kind of recovering. You're not just recovering history, but you're showing people this side of of these traditions that we work on that they may not have known about, they may not think about. Um, you know, people fall into kind of two weird camps when it comes to magic. They either think everything is some ancient, spooky, secret society stuff, right? And we hear this with the way that people talk about the tarot, whatever, you know, ancient Egyptian wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. They don't, don't quite think about the fortune teller or the person who's working at the carnival. That's not part of their imagination of history for them. It's these ancient priests. Or they think uh, everything is, you know, in 
know, there's no history there whatsoever. (laughs) There's no, Mm -hmm. everything was invented. So you're doing this fascinating history. The people, when you think the the history of magic, you're not thinking postcards. You're not thinking oatmeal companies. You're not thinking Armin Hammer, right? But you're you're going Mm -hmm. the way it was interwoven in people's lives. So I think that's that's truly fantastic. Um, In in related Torian news, I should say there's something, there must be something going on. Maybe the eclipse hit us both. Uh, Tauruses, as you rightly point out, we are very, very slow to leave anything, right? We're notoriously slow at it. I love that you mentioned that you've been thinking about stepping down from the board for two years. That's very <laughs> that. I'm like, oh, that's just such a Taurus thing. It's like, I'm leaving two years from now. Um, but uh, similarly, I, I also uh, uh, ended some uh, board duties that I have in my in my day job uh, as a professor uh, this past month, this May. Um, and it's like you, it's like, ah, I have a couple hours <laughs> extra a month. That's exactly how I thought about it. And it took me a year and a half before I finally was like, yeah, I, this is it's fun. It's great. I love mm-hmm. it. It's time mm-hmm. for me to make make room for somebody else to take over and me to get a couple hours back. <laughs> so maybe for whatever reason, for both of us, we both kind of put up our, our schedule just a little bit by stepping down from some admin duties, we'll say. May was our admin, stepping away from admin duties for, from both of us in that regard. Otherwise, well, you know, Uranus, Uranus is in Taurus, so we're having these true. slow upheavals. And the person who replaced me on the board is Papa G, and he's a Taurus. Oh, there, <laughs> there we go, yeah. It's like it's like watching fudge boil, you know. (laughs) 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 Very very accurate, Uh, but yes, very that that is that is the Uranus and Taurus. So we're having Mm -hmm. a little bit of uh, upheavals, uh, in this case, good upheavals. Otherwise, I'm doing uh, quite well. I've been doing uh, some interesting client work. Um, like I said, uh, I've been doing a lot, a lot of love work and reconciliation work. Currently in the middle of doing uh, a little bit of uh, love drawing for a client. There's been some interesting things developing with that. Um, I'm building these sort of love talismans, which I've been in the mood of making recently. Um, I do love magic of a variety of kinds, honey jars, skull candles, which I'm my favorite. And my go-to has always been doll babies. I'm a big believer of, of doll babies when it comes to love magic, especially to draw a specific person or to draw a person back. But recently I've been doing some, some talismanic work, some more mojos and more actual physical talismans for love that are consecrated with astrological stuff and then worn, so mojos and worn. So it's been very tactile, very Torian, very like I'm going to less candle work and far more, let's make an actual magical object a physical object to set the client. So that's been fun because it's allowed me to kind of play around with crafts, arts and crafts, voodoo is what I've been up to the past month, I would say the entire month of May, making these little cool charms out of uh, lockets and making uh, mojo bags, uh, a variety of different kinds. Um, so that's been, that's been basically what I've been doing the entire month. Very fun. We'll see if it lasts through summer. Maybe this will be the summer of talismans and mojos for me yeah i'm having a lot of fun because of the 
of the three books I'm working on, one I'm writing myself, mm-hmm. Down Home Sex Magic, the other one, um, Terrors of the Evil Eye, is a reprint and restoration, but we're adding a one new page of illustrations. Down Home Sex Magic is has a page of illustrations, and those illustrations in both cases come from the absolutely stunning work of Papa G., uh, mm-hmm. who is yeah. the artist on the book How to Use Amia's Charms and Talismans. And Speaking he's doing all the art for that book. And we are then kind of reconfiguring them and putting two pages of those, one in each of the other books. So, yeah, this is the summer of amulets. It is. Yeah, sort of fun. Well, we have a topic today, and we have a, a, a wonderful guest, Ramona Scott, who's been with us before. So let's say hi to Ramona and bring her on. Uh, hello, how are hello. things down in Texas, Ramona? Oh, hello, everybody. Um, <laughs> wow, it is hot and humid. Hot and humid. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you. I... I, I <laughs> My God, somebody come and beam me up. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But how is everybody? Well, we're I'm fine. We're fine here, me and Nagashiba. But I have a question. I always ask people, okay, hot and humid, what's the, um, what's the Fahrenheit today? Um, right now, hold on, I think it is... Eighty-two. 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 Oh, you're, you're, yeah, yeah, it must be the humidity then. Humidity. Yeah, the humidity. So yeah, like the humidity. Yeah, I get what you're saying because I can stand 102 if it's dry. But 80 yeah. and up when it's humid, oh, man, it wears you down. Yeah. Well, that we have a topic. Heat is different. Yeah, we have a topic today. We ought to get to it. So let's let's talk about it. Um, this topic, and I'm going to speak a little first, and then we'll turn it over to Ramona, is how to find a good reader or diviner. Um, there are, of course, many ways that people come in contact with fortune tellers, readers, diviners, prophets, and seers. And each of those words represents slightly different venue and a slightly different repertoire of information. So, for instance, a spirit medium would be someone who would contact the dead on your behalf and give you messages from the dead. A seer might be someone who sees the future. A prophet usually has a church context and prophesies sometimes for the church and sometimes for individuals, but very often for all of humanity or for the nation. Um, A fortune teller is a, a, a word that is um, a little bit derogatory, but it, it tell, it's, it's a word that means somebody who might be like a street busker or might have an office on a street. But it's interesting, in America, fortune teller is sort of um, kind of a, like a put down, not completely, but it's not a popular word. It's being reclaimed. We published a book called The Fortune Teller's Guide to Success by Valentina Burton. She wanted to reclaim the word fortune teller. However, in Asia, particularly in the former British colonies uh, like Hong Kong area, fortune teller is the absolutely proper and admirable word. just goes to show it depends on where you are and what the word means. To go to see a fortune teller is something good, whereas in America it would mean, ah, that person's 
you know, not taking responsibility for their life. They're just going to see a fortune teller. A diviner is someone who puts you in, in touch with the divine. They usually have a spiritual component, uh, and they will be someone who consults spirit in some way. And um, there are many, many other, you know, specifics like card reader and so forth. Psychic reader covers all of the different kinds of readers. It means they use some form of psychic energy or mentality, but they might be a card reader, they might be a bone reader, they might read um, uh, patterns of birds in the air. And, of course, there are names for all of those forms of divination. So how do you find a good reader, someone who's not a scammer, someone who's not a fraud. Let's turn this over to Ramona. Wow. That's a, that is a question that a lot of people have been asking. And, uh, you know, I think that part of the problem is that the one seeking the reader doesn't really understand what kind of reader that they need. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if yeah. mm-hmm. you can't just go to anybody and say, you know, my brother died last week and I want to know, you know, did he have any words for me? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you might, not everybody speaks to the dead. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so... You know, it, it's people, you know, in the big rush since the 60s, you know, late 70s, that's when it really boosted. People mm-hmm. were that's right. uh, claiming themselves as psychic readers. You know, they buy a deck mm-hmm. of tarot cards and, you know, get the book and, and read it. And, you know, if they studied it, that's good. But then, you know, like clairvoyance, empaths, clairsentience, clairaudience, and mediums, those are people who have really studied, mm-hmm. you know. And um, there are tarot readers that have studied their craft for years. And I think when you are going um, to seek a psychic reader, once you know what kind that you're looking for, I think it's a good thing to interview them just like you would anybody coming to work in your house because Mm -hmm. these people are coming inside of your mind, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so you need to interview them. I mean... What do you think, Kat? Well, yes, I think that's a very good thing, but nobody wants to pay to interview uh, someone. But there are readers who will do a 10-minute or 15-minute reading. You give them one question and you see how you like, not just how you like the answer, but how you like how they handle being a reader. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've done this. I recommend it highly. um, And... um, Interviewing readers is a is a first step. Also, we know that a lot of people who listen to this show are interested in becoming readers. And mm-hmm. so one thing you can do also, besides interviewing a reader about a question, would be to interview a reader about um, 
a question that has to do with being a reader. In other words, that's kind of involuted, but that's a good way to go. Uh, and I'm not talking about trying to compare accuracy. This isn't some that's sort right. of a, a childish thing like that. I'm saying if you call one reader and they say, oh, I, I'm I'm sorry, I can't deal with you right now, um, I'm not feeling the spirit, call me back again, uh, I'll call you sometime, I got your money now, bye. <laughs> you know? Or if they mm-hmm, say, mm-hmm. if they do what I call replay reading, where you say, I'm worried about my brother, and they go, I see, you're worried about your brother. <laughs> and then you say, yeah, I think my brother is like cheating on my sister-in-law. Uh-huh. I see, you think your brother uh-huh. is cheating on your sister. That's not a reader. That's a recording device. You know? <laughs> but I've seen people, and I've paid people who've done that yep. reading for me. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the, there's the opposite one. Well, I'm worried about my brother. You need to stop focusing on your on your brother. What you need to do right now is get right with the spirit of Nuit, the Egyptian goddess of the dawn. I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> right? <laughs> wow. I've had those yeah. kind of meetings, too. How oh, about yeah. you, Ollie? Yeah. How about jump in here? <laughs> yeah, I. you know... This is a it's a big topic. It is a big topic, and in very one with a good deal of responsibility to it. I tell clients that it's really about uh, finding and experimenting and figuring out what works for you. You at the, at the end of the day are the client, and you want to have your needs met. So how do we get your needs met? Your spiritual needs, your psychic needs, whatever it is that you're looking for. How do we get you so that you're satisfied? I tell clients first and foremost, what is it that they want out of a reading? Are they looking for someone that is going to give them more of a life coach approach that's going to tell them about this is how you're going to fix your life, how you're going to empower, then that that tells you what type of reader you should be gravitating to. Or right. you're looking for someone who's going to give you a series of predictions. You just you need to know, am I going to get the job? Am I going to get hired? Am I going to get married? That's what I need. I don't need someone to tell me to touch, you know, to get in contact with my inner goddess. Right. I need someone to let me know if I'm going to get the job. And that tells you which type of reader you go to. Or do you want someone who maybe is a blend of both, who does a little bit of consulting, who does a little bit of prediction? So you, you want to ask yourself, what is it that you actually want out of the reader? What is your situation as the next step? Is this a love reading? Is this a life reading? Is this a business reading? Is this a general reading? That matters. That matters. Because it tells you certain readers have certain uh, areas of expertise. Some are brilliant uh, when it comes to relationships. That's their area of expertise. They pull cards, they use the pendulum, they do whatever. They can understand the dynamics of a relationship and other people less so. So find out what it is you want and then line up with that expertise. The next step, so the third step here, the four-step process, the third step is the type of reading that you want. Do you want a tarot reading? If you want a tarot reading, then why the hell are you going to a geomancer? What's a tarot right. reading? Why are you calling up the person who works with a pendulum? Right? Find mm-hmm. out what they do, what method they do, and what you're interested in. This is where I tell people, don't just stick with the things you know. Also allow spirit to draw you into a reading you may never have heard before. Right? Maybe you've never had that I Ching reading. 
But you're like, oh, this person does I Ching. Maybe that's what I'm interested in. But the mm-hmm. method also tells us about what – the method also matters in terms of what information you can get. So Kat and I have both pretty openly said this, and Ramona, I'm wondering if you agree that, for example, tarot is really good for about a year. When you do a tarot yeah. reading, it gives you about a few months to a year really good insight. Like this is what it's going to look at. 20 years from now, it's a little trickier with the tarot. The tarot is much more about understanding the ebb and the flow of your immediate life, the spiritual forces at work. The pendulum is very good at a yes or no question. Very great insight there. But maybe less so about, hey, what you know, specific date am I going to get married on? That can be a little trickier. Still can be done. You can use a calendar or whatnot. A little trickier, right? So there's a, what type right. of question, what type of issue you have is going to determine the reading. Uh, astrology can give you long-term. 20 years from now, will I be a published author? Astrology can give you that answer. And then the final step is read the bio of the person because this will give you that information. What are the methods that they use? What are their areas of speciality? What type of reading do they provide? Are they giving predictions? Are they giving advice? Are they giving consulting? And then the kind of kind of qualitative, do you vibe with this person? I mean, you're going to save yourself a lot of headache. Stop emailing tarot readers and asking them if they do pendulum when they don't say they've got a pendulum reading from their bio, <laughs> right? So reading the right. bio, taking just a moment to figure out who this person is and you vibe with them is that final step of figuring out who is the right reader for you? Mm-hmm. There's Absolutely. a new page at at the air site which I actually wrote, which which touches on this really well. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put the URL in. It's called Outcome Times in Reading and Root Work, and it covers all of these issues. How long must I have to wait? Um, and mm-hmm. then choosing the right form of reading. Uh, like with numerology, you can get dates. And um, exactly. with palmistry, you only get age ranges, right? right. And then it, yeah. it talks about how to, um, to, in order to understand how, what kind of a date range you're going to get, you need to understand the divination systems used. Exactly. So you need to ask yourself as a client. You have to say, well, I'm really interested. Will I ever find love? Well, once you put the word mm-hmm. in ever, we're going to go to astrology right away mm-hmm. because right. that's it. But if you're going to say, will I have sex with an unknown partner within the next one month, <laughs> yep. <laughs> right? Hey, right. well, that could be tea leaf reading. It's not mm-hmm. going to be palmistry. It could be numerology. You know, it could be tarot. There's a bunch exactly. of things that will answer that question. So when people come to me and they don't form their question right, I always have to end up asking them kind of subsidiary or bolstering questions. What do they really want to know? Do they really want to know, will I never have sex again? Or will I never marry again? Or are there there questions something quite different? How do I get to marry and have sex again? Yes. Different question. Yeah. So make sure that you know what question you're asking. Ask from a point of of agency and power, and you'll get more useful answers. The question, well, will I ever have sex again, is probably going to be yes, (laughs) at least with yourself. (laughs) Right? Right? But the question, 
will I have sex in bed with a husband with a ring on my finger? That's much more specific, you see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah good really questions is. yield good out, uh, better outcomes, yeah. Absolutely true. Good questions give you the right answers you're looking for. And part of this is a a bit of a a process. It is a process of refining. It is a process of figuring out. It's okay if you're brand new to reading and you don't know exactly what your question is. You don't know exactly what the difference between tarot is and numerology is. That's okay. No one is saying, none of us here are saying that you've got to get a PhD level research before you get your reading done. No. But what we are saying no. is that you should take the time to learn. You should take a moment and figure some of this stuff out. Don't be afraid to reach out to root workers. Don't be afraid to reach out to readers. There's a don't just dive in. Take a moment and figure out what it is you want. The reason we say this is because we try to understand what we're doing, whether we're talking about being seers, prophets, diviners, or fortune tellers. At the end of the day, we're working in a very similar process. We're reaching into the unknown to find answers. Whether it is God, spirit, an oracle, an entity, a car, a a medium, whatever it is that we're reaching out to, whatever tool we're using, it's a similar process. We're reaching into that unknown for answers. And to do Mm -hmm. that, that is a very serious act. It's not a trivial matter. It's an act that that is, in, in ancient times, literally swayed kingdoms. Swayed battles and wars and marriages, like it had a huge impact. The idea of going to the Oracle of Delphi, the idea of listening to the court astrologer, these were huge, important things. Now that's accessible to every single person. And so you want to take a moment and figure it out. What is it you want? What are you really asking here? What is it you really want in terms of insight? That starts with this process of asking yourself questions, reading the bio, reading up on the various methods. This is why, um, you know, shameless plug for AIR here, one of the reasons that makes AIR kind of wonderfully above the rest to a certain extent is that you go to a person's bio and it says, uh, this person does tea leaf readings. Okay, click on tea leaf readings. Holy shit, there's a whole article there. There's a whole Mm -hmm. article written by some dedicated volunteer and expert on tea leaf readings. Okay, now you know what tea leaf readings are. Guess what? It'll also tell you who else does tea leaf readings. <laughs> or let's say you go in and go, I have no, no freaking clue what scrying is. This is this person talking about scrying? Click on that scrying link. In other words, before you hand over cash, do your research. Find out what it is that person is doing, who that person is, and is that what you're looking for? And then, of course, finally, do they vibe with you, right? If you've got a person yeah. who's talking about their areas of expertise and breaking curses and, and, and fighting off demons and, and evil spirits, that's their area of speciality. And then you're, like, you're sitting there asking yourself, is this a person that I want to go and ask about um, whether I'm going to attract a new job? Do they say a new job on their, on their profile? Is that a good vibe? Is this the, is the right person for you? To take that time, you will be far more satisfied. I would, I would argue that nine times out of ten, there is always that one exception where there's something just really goes wrong. You just don't mm-hmm. vibe with each other. There's just something just right. doesn't click, or the the person no is, is a scammer. Yeah, or the 
person is a scam or a fraud. There is that one. But nine times out of ten, when a person is dissatisfied with a reading, it's a result of their own expectations. It's a result of their, their misunderstandings going into a reading. They were looking yeah. for something, and they went to the wrong reader for it. That, yeah. yeah, I get that. And Doc Murphy says something interesting here, which is about um, making a joke. She's making a joke about, well, you know, you want them to have some experience, and a PhD doesn't hurt. But she said something there that touched on um, one of the reasons that we are who we are in air and at Hoodoo Psychics. Some people have recognized collegial standing, and others are solo mm-hmm. acts. Now, a solo act yeah. can be great. I mean, that person can be the best of the best of the best, but you won't know it until you go to them. Whereas if they are part of a collegial group, and I don't mean a hired group. I want to make this very clear. I don't mean keen or California psychics, where people are right. primarily hired. I'm talking about what some people call a boutique psychic line, in which, or a collective or cooperative or a direct Mm-hmm. a reader-run directory. And that's what AIR and uh, Hoodoo Psychics are. We are picked and approved by our peers. Mm-hmm. And so we have a certain standing as readers and root workers because our peers have mm-hmm. approved us. And our peers also, uh, you know, look out for us, help us, and also will, you know, give us a, a little bit of correction if we need it. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's I'm not saying that you should not go to a non-air or non-hoodoo psychics reader, but that is one way to pick a good reader is if they belong to a collegial group that you trust. And, of course, they may belong to more than one collegial group. Um, that goes without saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely true, absolutely true. Do they have a community is another, is, is that connection that we're talking about here. I mean, directories in some ways are, are communities. That's a different type of reader than the individual reader. Both are fine, but not yeah. one is better than the other, but that it tells you that they're a different type of reader, right? This also yeah. is important because it means that they can link you to somebody else. If they're right. not the reader for you, if they're not the reader for you, can they refer you to somebody else? And if they're part of a community or a collective or a director, then they can. They can say, hey, that's, that's not right. my area of expertise, but guess what? So-and-so, I know so-and-so, that's their area of expertise. Or, or just basics, I'm booked. I'm booked. Yeah, you know right. who isn't? My colleague here. They can help you right. out. So this is, this, is a, this is why that community component is important. But also, don't hesitate to reach out to readers like that. Be like, okay, I'm right. I'm interested in this, 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 and this. Is this something that you offer, or is this something that one of your colleagues offer? And if they're part of that collegial group, then they'll be more than happy to say, yeah, so-and-so can do that for you, or, or so-and-so That's, does this. Yeah. That's, you know, and, and actually making an analogy to medical practice, which yeah. isn't, inappropriate, I I think, Um, we are like part of a practice or part of a hospital staff or whatever we might call it, but we really are, we are part of a a practice and and we may share certain support staff. In other words, the tech team, Nagashiva as the, uh, you know, electronic wizard that he is, um, he, his services 
are shared by all members of AIR. Anyone who joins AIR has the advantage of having Nagashiva doing support work on a technological level. So we have a certain level of, of meeting the public on a certain playing field. And mm-hmm. there are other people behind the scenes who help run the collective, as it were. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a very important thing. That doesn't mean that um we are all, you know, the hundred percent best in the world. We we have our failings. But if there is someone to complain about, for instance at air, you there's someone mm-hmm. who's called the ombudsman. That's their job yeah. to handle customer complaints. And if things yeah. don't work out and cannot be solved, we have in the past let people go from air because they wouldn't make good on a promise that they made to somebody. So yeah. there's a lot of, of responsibility uh, vested in those who are part of these collective groups. Again, I'm not trying to say that air is the best. I'm just mm-hmm. saying I, it, I'm here. You know, it's where I am right now. But, um, but there are very good solo readers. I always wonder why a solo reader wouldn't join a directory, uh, because they would have the opportunity to do exactly what you just said. The opportunity yeah. to pass a client to another reader if they couldn't take the ca- the client either because they were booked or because the client was asking for a specialty that is not their specialty. And that mm-hmm. is right. But you, it, it helps but to pass these had, things on. But and I, what I found um, in groups, especially when there's a lot of groups, it becomes a competition. And, mm-hmm. It can be, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. and... You know, like I, I guess when I first joined, uh, like I've been with Keen before and, and live person mm-hmm. and did my own mm-hmm. and then taught on uh, Pal Talk uh, in rooms and stuff. But what I find is that um, there's competition on two levels. One, it's it's they they don't necessarily take to the newer ones coming in that quick. Yes. Mm. And yeah. also um, the money part. They don't the want part, you yeah. underselling them, you know. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about those on, like, Keen, Fly Person, you know, those Yeah, I know what of, you mean. Uh, I, I know exactly what you mean. Well, one of the yeah. things we did at AIR to prevent that was everyone sets their own price. And yeah. nobody yeah. can set anyone else's price. There's no upper limit. There's no lower limit. It's just what it is. There were people who were afraid that they'd be undercut. They were charging twice what the norm was. And, of course, they were going to be undercut. But we just let them. And, and eventually they left. I mean, you know, because they wanted to be meet people in the solo world where their price was like their price. But um, right. at AIR, there's quite a variety of prices. But what makes AIR work to me is that Nobody is hired, and no cut is taken. In other words, air takes no cut of the reader's money. The only thing the reader yeah. pays is the yearly listing fee. Hundred dollars a year, right. you get listed. I I charge uh, nowadays. I charge a hundred dollars an hour for a reading. That's one hour that I give 
to get my listing. That's so simple, and I don't mm-hmm. have to worry about it. Even when it was when I charged less, and the hundred dollars I was charging fifty an hour it was two hours. Okay, two hours a year. If you can't, you know, so that was pretty easy for me. Now, mm-hmm. um, the the thing is though, then we're all independent. That's why it's called independent readers and workers. So, but I know what you're saying. The other thing is prescribing versus not prescribing, and I want to mention this. Yeah, there are right. there are services like Keen, you'll get fired off of Keen if you prescribe for people. Like if you tell them, here, I'm going to teach you a spell, because they don't want that. It goes against their mission, which is to only do readings. And But at Hoodoo Psychics, I get calls all the time. You told me a spell, or I heard a spell you said on the radio, or I read this spell in the forum. I want to I want to pay you now for you to repeat that to me in words I can understand while I take notes or record you. Okay. And I will tell them the spell. And you can also say to them, if you want to do it yourself, you know I do do it. And I also know my friend, so-and-so, John St. Germain, I know he does that spell for people. And I don't have time right now. I'm writing three books. But why don't you give John a call? He may be able to do it for you. Or he could coach yeah. you through it on a daily basis where I'm only online right. once a week. So we all share. But one of the things that right. we really do is we prescribe. And so a non-prescribing reader is rare in the African-American community. Yes. But in the yes. white reader community, a prescribing reader is rare. And in fact, yeah. that's one of the biggest racial divides is that yeah. the white readers don't like to prescribe and they won't even give you a bath. I mean, nothing. And the black readers feel that prescribing is a normal part of reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is why it's so crucial to find out when you're reading that person's bio or you're trying to figure out you know, who they are uh, and what they do. It's what, are, what tradition are they working in, right? If they're working in the right. tradition, that tells you the type of reader that they are. It tells you a little bit about yes. the type of reading that you can expect. Okay, this person is going to tell me how to take a bath. This person will let me know how to handle this. And so you've got to find out that traditional, what tradition this person works in. Readers come from various spiritual backgrounds, right? They're neo-pagan, they're Wiccan, they're hoodoo practitioners, there's root workers, there's people in the ATRs. They come from a variety of different backgrounds, and that tells you something, right? So if you go to someone who's in the African traditional religion, you're going to get a very different type of reading than you're going to go to a person who's working in the hoodoo tradition. One is an initiated priest of 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 a religious tradition that may talk about deities and gods and offerings and whatnot. The other person is going to tell you how to take a bath and what amulet to make and what mojo to get and what candles to light, right? So you've got to know what tradition uh, the reader is working in. Again, you go to, for example, a person who calls themselves a psychic and uh, doesn't come from these other traditions, then you don't expect them to prescribe to you. Don't expect them yeah. to tell you what the next step is in order to get your ex back or in order to get that job or in order to help find your lost pet or whatever it is or win that court case. That's not what they do. So finding out what tradition they work in is very, very important. And again, this is why you read these people's bios. If a person says you know, that they're working in a particular tradition, if they're working the Wiccan tradition, they also tells you what type of prescriptions they'll give you. It's going to be very different from the prescriptions you're going to get from a root doctor. Right? There may be something that mm-hmm. very different, right? So that tells you uh, what you can expect is what, what tradition you are. I actually wanted to ask both of you, is there any 
steps you have you tell clients to take before booking a reading. So I've had people ask me, they're like, if I wanted to, if I wanted to uh, find other readers, because I'm always very open with clients that they're more than welcome to go to other readers than me if they want to get another reading or they want to get a quick checkup. I always tell them that uh, find the people that resonate with you and then sleep on it. People have heard me say mm. sleep on it on this on this radio show for like five years plus. I say it all the time because I'm a big believer that if you're about to make a big decision, sleep on it, and the next morning you'll realize, was that a good decision or a bad decision? And I'd say the same thing with readers. If you find a reader that you really like, before you click, sleep on it. Just give yourself that one day. Because mm-hmm. one, you'll wake up, it'll help you refine your questions. Did you really need to know that? Or was your question something else? And two, was that really the person for you? So I'm, I always tell clients, sleep on it. What about y'all? Do you have something like, before you click that book button, here's what you should do. <laughs> well, I don't have that, but I want to point out in the chat room, Cousin Joshua said something really important, and this is true of readers and root workers. He said, you might also look for a reader who has already found success in the same circumstances, issues you are working on, like uh, a yeah. married reader to help you find a spouse, a published author to help you find success in finishing that book. That is so true. Um, If you are trying to contact the dead, you need to go to a reader who has had some death that and has been able to contact the death, has some death around them. If you want to find out, will you ever be married, you want to break off a little bit of the luck of the reader who is married. Mm -hmm. Um, And also... There's two reasons for this. One is you're going to break off a little bit of their luck or their talent or their skill and apply it to your own situation, like becoming an author. But another one is there are readers who are not operating at the top of their game. They maybe were a reader for a while and then turned out their husband was a drug addict and he overdosed right there in the living room. Oh, and yeah. um, and now they've been uh, living alone and it turned out he'd emptied the bank account and they hate men and it's just as, you know what I mean, and everything went south, right? And now right. you call them up and go, I want to know <laughs> if Johnny loves me. And the reader goes, Johnny is cheating, Johnny doesn't love you, he's using crack cocaine, go fuck yourself and Johnny too, right? So, um, you, right? I've had it happen. I've seen it happen. And so remember, your reader is a human also. So word of, of wisdom to the readers, if you feel like right now your health is bad, or if you feel right, right now your marriage is bad, or you feel that right now your money is bad, don't read on those topics. Don't read on health when yeah. you just got the bad news that you're yeah. dying. It might yeah. not be the best yeah. time for you to read for other people. You know, on their right. health, you might be able to. You might yeah. be a saint and be Absolutely. able to. But definitely, definitely, I went through some you know bad love affairs. Reading on, on love affairs while my love affairs were down the drain, was very oh I couldn't do it I just couldn't because yeah. I just I just would sit there and sympathize with the client oh you too aren't that isn't that fucked up that's terrible no I had yeah. to take a step back and feel better but now they can come and break off a little bit of my luck and I have a lot of clients come to me and they say oh Miss Cat you're the luckiest woman in the world you have Nagashiva you love him he loves you and I'm like. Yeah, you didn't hear us squabbling about that um, font the other night, but okay. Um, you know that font was too compressed. I don't want to talk about it. You know, but uh, but we but we do have love, 
and we do share love. And uh, so I'm a good reader to come to to talk about marriage at this time. Yeah. Yeah. This is super important. Look, no one's life is perfect, right? No one's life is perfect. Exactly. There's always going to be upheavals. There's always be... Just because a person's life isn't perfect doesn't mean that they're not a good reader, right? Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to be a right. Fortune 500 reader in order to read for a CEO. You don't need to be, right? Like, that's just not, that's not exactly it. But you want, what Cousin Joshua is saying here is very important. One, you want the person to have some insight into that field, right? If you go to a person mm-hmm. and asking them, say, about the world of publishing, and they've never written a thing in their day, they can give you some insight, but some of the practical stuff might be missing. One of the reasons why, you know, whenever someone's starting a business, that Queen of Pentacles card comes up for me. I go, ah, you're talking to Miss Cat, right? Mm-hmm. opened up a business. She's an entrepreneur. She's the Queen of Pentacles. She knows every time on the radio show, I'm starting a business. With it. Do you have your business card? Do you have a logo? Right? Right. right? You ask those questions for a reason because you've gone through the process. So insight, they have some practical insight in addition to spiritual insight. So that's why that's important. Doesn't mean they can't give you any insight, but it's, it's useful for you to do that. The second component of that is that are they self-aware mm-hmm. enough? If their life is falling apart, do they have the awareness, the insight into their own life to say, I need to take a step back? that I'm not the mm-hmm. right person at this moment for this. If you've got, if you've got one of those readers that on their, on their Instagram or on their Facebook and today this happened and my car broke down and my, my, my wife and husband left me or my partner left me and this, by the way, I'm doing reading. It's like, hold on a minute. <laughs> me, now, that's not saying that you need to be rich or financially stable in order to do reading. But you've got to ask yourself, are they aware enough where they go, okay, maybe I need to take a break, maybe I need to take a step back, or maybe this isn't the right time for this particular situation for me. If their life mm-hmm. is falling apart, that gives you a little bit of a warning. Readers who cannot heal themselves, again, their life doesn't have to be perfect, doesn't need, they don't need to be multimillionaires or whatnot, but if their life is kind of in shambles, that should be one little bit of a... Let me pause for a second. Doesn't I mean you shouldn't go to them. Mm-hmm. But you should take a pause and ask: mm-hmm. Are they aware enough of what's going on in their own life to who will mm-hmm. be able to help me in my life? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm going to say one thing too. Uh, just to just to jump in here, some folks only want to go to readers of a certain gender or gender orientation or gender presentation. Mm-hmm. Others don't care, and that's okay. Either way, totally okay. there yeah. are some who only want to go to readers of a certain skin color. There are others, or eye color, or accent, or national origin, or religion. Those are all okay reasons to choose a reader you can resonate with. They aren't yeah. the best reason to exclude a good reader. If 16 people have told you, you ought to go see so-and-so for that condition and that reading, and you go, I don't want to because so-and-so is Cuban and they're um, yeah, lesbian yeah, yeah. and they have um, blue eyes, and then yeah. you're cutting yourself yeah. out of something that could have been good. But still, people will make selections based on what they know. And especially when it comes to issues of love and sex, many people are more comfortable letting their hair down, talking to a person of their gender orientation. Very well understood. Um, 
I, for instance, you were just talking about me as the Queen of Pentacles. I cannot begin to tell you how many clients call me up and say, I've heard you on the radio. I know what you do. I'm a Taurus. Let's talk sex. I'm like, okay, we're here, right? So you can exclude and you can include. It's okay, but don't do it to the point where you lose track of what might be someone talented. Just saying. It it, it doesn't have to do with their talent, but it has to do with your comfort. Maybe expanding your comfort level might be good. Maybe, uh, you know, being straight and going to a gay reader might just be something new for you. Maybe being Mm -hmm. gay and going to a straight reader might be something new for you, too. And so... One of the things we try to do is to, uh, you know, recommend people based on the type of work they do, the type of reading they do. But we don't pry mm-hmm. too much into their personal lives. But if they want to make it a, a point, if they want to say, and I know I've known one reader who says, a young man, I might add, very young man, he said, I have changed my practice. I'm only going to read for gay men. I'm not going to read for anybody else. And yep. I said, okay, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll recommend you for that. He's still reading. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he made a decision. He stood by it. That's where he stands. Yeah, yeah. It's about comfort. Comfort is the key word there because you're mm-hmm. building an experience. You're building a spiritual experience. You're building an, and that's key. If you're not comfortable, you're not mm-hmm. going to get the answers you want. Both you and the reader themselves. So comfort is important. I'm I'm a big believer in comfort versus exclusion. Uh, if you're going to be a racist, you're not going to get your answers anyways. No matter mm-hmm. where you go, just going to just going to put it out there, right? I'm not going to go to that person because they're Jewish. I'm not going to go to that person because they're black or whatnot. That's you got you got bigger problems than what you're about to ask. So mm-hmm. that out right. or you're a homophobe or whatnot. But comfort is totally acceptable. If you're if you're uh, LGBTQ and you don't feel comfortable with a straight person asking about certain questions, that's legit. If you're, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're a woman asking about, say, pregnancy questions, and you don't feel comfortable going to that male reader or male reader, perfectly acceptable. Mm-hmm. But it's also true that the reverse, as you've noted, can be useful. So, for example, for my clients, they often come to get the male experience. My boyfriend's done this. My husband's mm-hmm. done that. What the hell is he thinking? <laughs> You know, the dude whisper a little bit. That's also valid. But your comfort matters, and that's really, really crucial. So find who you resonate with. And sometimes it's not about the tradition. It's about the experience that they have. It's about the identity. Do you see yourself in that reader, right? Ah, this person is a Jewish reader. Ah, this person is an Indian reader. Find Mm -hmm. someone who will understand the cultural things that I'll be going through, right? Who'll understand? Mm-hmm. My mom said this. It, it clicks for them, right? Totally fair. Find who resonates with you, who you click with, whose experiences match up with your experiences, or whose experiences you think that they will understand you, right? Like if they've gone through this, they'll understand what I'm going through. They've gone through grad school. They've, they've gotten married, or they're a doctor. They, they know these things. Uh, or they've gone through med school, I can ask them these questions. So their background certainly, certainly matters. There's a there's another thing here. You put that, pointed it out. I started by saying people who specialize, who only read for a certain segment, or clients yeah. who only want a reader within that segment. But there's the exact opposite, which is cultural exoticism. And that yep. is looking for a reader who is outside of your culture um, and and the idea that this person will be able to look at this from a more um, disinterested point of view. They will mm-hmm. be, you know, 
uh, you know, I, I'm going to go to a Chinese reader, and they really, that's what they want, cultural exoticism. All right, well, we saw a lot of different variations here, and I hope it's given people a lot to think about. Um, we're going to turn this over to Evan, and um, take it away, hon. <laughs> sure thing. Stay tuned. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your host, Catherine Ironwood, Conjure Man, and this week's special guest, Ramona Scott. We'll be right back. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phone and talk to our clients. And our client is calling from area code 631 and goes by the name Miss Moody. Miss Moody, are you there? Um, hi, yes, I am. Excellent. Thank you so much for giving us a call today. And it appears as per your submission, you have not had a reading with either Miss Kat, Conjurman, or our guest. Is that correct? Yes. Excellent. Thank you so much. I did shorten your paragraph just a bit, so I'm going to go ahead and read that for our host. Miss Modi writes, my ex of three years has been estranged, yet he's been in my thoughts constantly. I want to know why he keeps popping up in my thoughts, even though I have moved on and we're both with other people. Is future reconciliation with this ex possible? Turning it over to you, Miss Kat. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, that is interesting because it kind of goes right with what our topic has been about um, Asking a good question. So um, the question is is not quite exact enough for me as a reader. And I'm going to just talk to Miss Moody for a moment. Um, you say you want to know why he keeps popping up, and then you also want to know is would there be a reconciliation? In other words, does the fact that he keeps popping up signify a coming reconciliation? So instead of two questions, I would ask one. Is, it, is that the question you want to ask? Because I could go on for a long time about why he's popping up in your thoughts, but then you have this other question, will we reconcile, you see? And now you say you've yes. moved on, and I'm going to go, are you happy having moved on? So let's circle around it and try to tie it up in a little bundle. Um, we know why people keep on coming up in thoughts, and I can talk about that. But you, your question is more like, even though I have moved on, does the fact that he pops up mean that there will be a reconciliation? Is mm. that the question? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. All right. So um, I'd like, uh, Nagashiva, if you could just write down what I wrote and put that in the chat log, that would be great. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to do... Um, uh, the first reading here. And um, I'm going to be using the tarot cards. And um, I'm going to ask, what sign of the zodiac are you? Uh, I'm Gemini. A Gemini. And what sign of the zodiac is he? Uh, he's an Aquarius. 
Hmm. Ah, well, there's the answer to the question right there. <laughs> I didn't even need to pull a card. No, but I will. Um, I'm, I'm. I know. I'm saying this because I know Contraman's laughing, and he's going, "Yep." Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, definitely. Right. Okay. So Geminis are prone to um, fluttering um, thoughts. Uh, Geminis are like wide-open radio transceivers, you know, the short wave, long wave, FM, AM, it all, the Internet, it's all going through their heads. Aquariuses are very, like, straight on the beam. Aquarius is a fixed sign. Um, he has not... Um, oh, pulled up the roots on this plant. It's still trying to grow from the roots. So you broke up, but there's still something there. And Aquariuses, like Tauruses, like Scorpios, and like Leos, never give up, never give up, never give up the ship. They just, they just go down with the ship. So meanwhile, there's a whole bunch of action happening in Aquarius right now, which is causing um, this uh, poor guy to have to you know deal with his past. Meanwhile, you're just sitting there going, I'm I'm getting the vibe. I'm getting the vibe. What's all this about, right? And you've moved on because Gemini's move on rather relatively easily, and um, so that's part A. Why is he popping up? Now, part B. Will there be a reconciliation? I'm going to tell you straight up. If you allow it, there will be because he's an Aquarius. But I'll read the cards, okay? Um, mm-hmm. Because he's, you know, he's more willing to, um, unless he's flipped the switch the other way. And I haven't read the cards yet, so I could go either way on that one. If he's flipped the switch, like any of the fixed signs, he's going to stay in that groove for a long time compared to what a Gemini will do. All right, we got three cards: one, two, and three. Ooh, ooh, interesting. Okay, card number one: the magician. He's popping up, and will there be a reconciliation? He's actually um, sending you information. He is actually out there. Um, this is a card of a young man with a sort of a, a snake around his waist. There's a sexual element here. He's got earth, air, fire, and water, the four cups on his table. He's got red roses overhead and red roses and white lilies below. He may be actually using some little prayer, some little root work. He's doing something to get in your head. Mm-hmm. Next card, the world. So here we have a naked lady with a little gauzy uh, kind of scarf around her dancing in a wreath of laurel leaves with four angelic animal figures, uh, a bull, a lion, an eagle, and a man, again representing the four elements, earth, air, fire, and water, watching her. I think this guy may have, I I don't want to be indelicate here, but I think this guy may have embedded um, thoughts and memory images and tactile images of sex with you or cuddling with you or love with you in his head. And is checking in and viewing from afar. I don't want to get too detailed here, but I think he's he's got something. He's um, <clears throat> you're popping up. He's popping up in your head when he's thinking of you. Let's just put it that way and be polite about it, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Number three um, is. A card of, of uh, the magician with his back turned and his clothes in tatters and having been patched. It's called the Three of Wands. He will do this for a certain amount of time. 
if you don't okay. get back together within a certain amount of time, he may give up. But he he is he's getting you know he needs a new love interest basically, or he won't give up. So how long have you been apart? Um, three years. Two years. Well, the number is the three of wands. It's going to go for three years. If at the end of <laughs> big sigh, if at the end of three years you don't get back together he will lose interest. But this is a mm-hmm. guy, and, and he's already a little tattered about it. He's already a little worn. Um, but he he wants to think about you, and he wants to, um, I don't know, you must have something uh, that, that makes him feel all right. Okay, that's the answer to your question from me. Now we're going to go to Ramona. And, um, and uh Oh, it says here, client wrote that love interest is 228 Pisces. Well, now you got me all screwed up here. You said Aquarius. <laughs> Not sure about no, that. No, he's Aquarius. He's Aquarius. I might have... Uh, you I might have the date uh, wrong. The date yeah, wrong. I see. Yeah. Okay, well, he's an Aquarius. All right, we're going to go with that. Um, oh, that's something. I just have to say something before turning this over to Ramona. That's the astrologer's nightmare when they're given the wrong date mm-hmm. and they do a whole chart on the wrong thing. <laughs> right? That will be another show called How Can We Find Good Clients? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's turn this over to Ramona and she's going to pull a card. Okay. I pulled... Uh... The first card is of sorts um, in answer to your question, which I believe was, is there going to be a reconciliation? And um, the reason there is still life cheating, death, you know, there's, there's so much going on from this person who's like Kat says, and I, I can agree that sending you these mental things are working on you. However, just to clarify it, I did the lovers, uh, I pulled the lovers card next, and it, it, it just, to sum it up, says that you made the right decision. Um, in regards to the love affair, since you're not together, and that you need to rely on your intuition. And card also symbolizes a period we all go through anyway, and it's a period associated with independence and learning how how to be independent and make independent decisions and to accept decisions that were already made. And that's my response. All right. Learn to accept the decisions that were already made. That's a good piece of advice. Um, We find a lot of times that um, if somebody starts sending or broadcasting um, messages to you, you don't know whether they came from within you or from the other person. Am I thinking about this person because God says I should get back together? And what Ramona is saying, no, it's over. Uh, no, it's really over. And what I saw with the magician was, no, he is sending the messages. These are not arising within you spontaneously. 
they do not mean you need to reconcile. Um, But after three years, he'll lose interest. All right. Well, Mm -hmm. let's turn this over to Conjurman and see what he has to say. Yeah, I think you've gotten some really good readings here. Let me ask you a question of my own. Uh, You said you've moved on. Are you currently with somebody? Yes, I am, and I'm happy, and he has moved on as well. Okay. So this is is really a crucial part of this, Um, because you say you're happy, um, but wondering if you'll reconcile with an ex means that there is something itching there below the surface. So you want to address that. If you're happy and you want this relationship with your current partner to work, you can't be daydreaming about your ex uh, and wondering if you'll get back together. It's totally fine to wonder every once in a while. Totally fine. Everyone wonders. Everyone, what if? Human nature does that. It's nothing wrong with that. But when you start wondering if you'll get back together, and now you've called into a radio show, and you've asked readers if you'll get back together. <laughs> you've asked us to reach into the unknown to answer yeah. the question for you. That tells you something. There's something below the surface here, and that can eat away at your current relationship. So what I'm going to give you is a, a love uncrossing bath. This is not because you've mm-hmm. been cursed or jinxed or whatnot, but you've tied yourself up into knots over this man, and this man has clearly had some type of influence over you. As Kat very politely put forth, uh, he's doing some type of erotic replay in his mind, um, and it's, you know, there's some type of connection there. So this love uncrossing will help to undo that. Now, if you two are meant to be and whatnot, then the love uncrossing will help to, to bring it about. If not, this will help you to fully move on because you haven't moved on. You say you've moved on. But here you are, three years out, thinking about this dude. Three years later. So one month, sure. Two months, sure. Mm-hmm. One year, fine. Three years? I'm a Taurus girl, and I'm telling you, that is way too long. <laughs> so we're going to help your, your little Gemini mind to flip away from it and finally see the person in front of you as the person for you or to help this person come back. So love uncrossing is what we need. We need this thing to flow naturally, to unbind this kind of mess. And so what I want you to do is take rue, brew it into a tea, draw yourself a bath, add milk, add honey, just a little bit of honey. You don't want to make it so sticky that it's uncomfortable. You're just going to pour that in there, put your hand in, and just going to swirl it about so it's nice and mixed. Then you're going to add that tea. Uh, it almost sounds like something you would drink, but uh, it is fantastic for you to bathe in. You're going to add and cover it with rose petals. You want to use red rose petals and white rose petals, and you're going to let yourself soak. If you want to add condition oils, I would highly recommend it. It's a really great way of adding scent to it. Um, I would I would add um, uh, Love Me, and I would add just a drop, just a drop of uncrossing oil to this. Uh, Van Van would also work well. And you, this will allow you to kind of really remove everything that has been holding you back. Let yourself soak in this bath. Let the feelings you have, let the thoughts actually feel them soak out, just coming all out of your pores and into that water. The good memories, the bad memories, the indifferent memories, the thoughts, let them just kind of 
all out of your body and into the bath. Let the water drain out. Take a little bit of the used bath water and dispose of it off of your property at running water. Walk away from that running water. You've disposed that bath water without looking back. Don't peek. Don't look back. You are definitively walking away. Okay? This is a crucial component. Mm-hmm. No second guessing, no doubts, no, <gasps> does it go into the water? No, no, just walk away. Okay? Mm-hmm. When you get back yeah. home, take a piece of paper. And on this piece of paper, with a clear mind and a true heart, write down everything that makes you happy in a relationship. I love it when my partner is honest with me. I love it when my partner is faithful to me. I love it when my partner is affectionate with me. Write it down. Make it clear. As you are writing this down, you should be drawing from your experience with your current partner, the things that make you happy. You are going to fold this up, place it underneath a heat-proof bowl. You're going to turn the bowl upside down that the paper is on it. You're going to take a pink candle that you are going to write the words love me faithfully on, anoint it with love me oil, and burn this candle down. Do this over three days. Burn the candle three days. On the third day, take that piece of paper and keep it in a purse, in your wallet, under your bed, but you need to keep it as a physical object. Now, by the end of the third day, you will either come to fully appreciate your partner as giving you all the things that make you happy and therefore is a relationship you don't want to fuck up, or you will come to the realization, now that your heart is open and you've asked sincerely, that you want something else. And from there, you can make your decision, whether you to seek out reconciliation and do reconciliation, or to finally set this man aside and focus on the relationship before you. This will help with that. It will help to flow. It will remove the obstruction, which is clearly keeping you in knots. It's a simple working but very, very uh, effective in your case. We have a minute left. Let's see if Ramona or Ms. Cat have anything further they would like to add. Yes, we do have a question. You had listed some herbs, and um, I thought I heard rue, but I wasn't sure what the other herbs were. Yes, so you want to take rue, brew that into a tea, then draw yourself a bath, add milk, honey, Pour the rue tea into okay. it Roo and milk cover honey. it with Got rose it. petals. Okay. Got it. I have all the rest written down. Um, I, I left out the honey and I left out the rue. Oh, somebody asked. I think this is a great spell, and um, it points to the issue of what's going on. I'm going to only add one other thing. I would um, burn this candle in a room in which I put bay leaves in the four corners of the room to keep this guy from spying on me, if you know what I mean. Um, okay. In other words, to keep my, my to mm. keep my work invisible, because this guy is popping up for a reason. He's sending. You want to stop receiving? Put those bay leaves in the four corners of the room, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you so um, much. Yeah, yeah, very interesting question. And um, I'll call back and let us know what happens, okay? Um, Cushion Joshua added, the magician in the world card seems, and the world card seems to scream scrying mirror. 
that's that's true. He's got a photo of her somewhere or something he's looking at. All right, there's our music, and we're now going to go to our fully technologically satisfied scheduled network announcement. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time to go to our free spell segment with Ramona Scott. Take it away, Miss Scott. Okay. Well, this was a spell that I created uh, for a particular. Um, reason it was to spell a piece of writing and so I called the spell the spell of money green and it goes like this with the green candle that I anointed with olive oil and I left burning for three days candle green burning bright hear my chant to you tonight money money is what I need I have growing lads to feed. Rent is due, car payment to, credit card people trying to sue. But with the power that you'll bring, soon I'll not want for anything. Candle green, burning bright, let me finish my script tonight. Then find its way to powerful men and let... And let me be rich again. Before the end of 30 days, before the moon completes its phase, a check for more than I ever dreamed will come to me from one esteem. And uh, actually, it did work for me. Um, and I would suggest that if you um, you can switch it around, uh, if you have something in particular, exchange the words. But it's it's easy and simple, and it has a flow to it that you could really feel the words and that's, that's my wonderful that's really great so i just have to comment um mm. there's a couple you created the spell for um writers but um yes. but it could be also used we were talking about finding a good reader you could use that spell to get money and pay for a reader it can connect yes. any old way to what your money needs are. But there's something yeah. else about this spell. I want to say something. This spell is what I call an English enchantment. Oh. Um, this, yes, um, this is a particular form of metrical rhyme that is used by those of English and Scottish and somewhat Irish descent in the English language. Which I am. <laughs> Right, right. To to yeah, you're part Scottish and part Irish. Right. Yes. Yes. Mm, yeah. There you go. So 
I mean, I know, I know, and I'm going to say this for people listening on the radio don't know what you look like. You you look like and identify as a person who is Black American slash Native slash Scottish slash Irish, right? Is that about right? Uh, African American, Black. African American is what you call yourself. Okay, <laughs> all right, there you go. You know. So, but, but there are but DNA. there are these there are these ancestors. There are these trends or currents yes. we could call them. Um, so this this particular spell is in the English enchantment um, rhyme scheme, and it is um, everyone kind of knows it from Shakespeare: double, double, toil and trouble, mm-hmm. fire burning cauldron, bubble. Right? That's it. Yep, yep. We uh, who are tea readers. Uh, like me and Papa G, we know it from on the teacups. It'll be printed on the teacup in the glazed pottery. Um, uh, Wouldst thou fortune like to see? Perhaps this cup will show it thee. Right? It's Uh it's that same meter, right? So that is was wonderful, and you're very talented at writing it. I enjoyed that greatly. That was very wow. We don't often get your rhyming chance. I'm sorry, say again? I said we don't often get rhyming chants on this show, so that was a nice little change there. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's how I I've... do most of my spells. Oh, really? very cool. Fantastic. See, now this is another one of those things that comes up in discussing the history of hoodoo, where people say, well, I'm I'm an African-American, and I... I but, and, but you know, and I'm going to stay African to the core. But you know, there is so much um, that your ancestors have to tell you from different parts of the world. That's you know, right. and That's uh, right. you have a real gift for this for the English for the English enchantment. There is a version of that in German, by the way. Uh, not, of, I mean, not of what you wrote. There are German enchantments, and they have their own rhythm, and they're different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because the German language is different. Um, it's just wow. amazing. Yeah. And I I tend to fall in what I would call a Judeo-biblical, I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. Semitic Middle Eastern style which ends up very lawyerly sounding, right? Yeah, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> it just ends up very lawyerly, you know, you know, you you just you go through it step by step by step. It's a style of spell and it's not that it's a personality style and a style of spell. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Ramona. You you that you well, completely you blew my mind. I had no idea too. you now wrote I, like that. <laughs> I, I I now know that my other ancestors are speaking through me, so I'm going to have to read up on that. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um like yeah, it's a it's a it's a real you know, it's so funny because um there was a, a woman you may have heard of her, Anna Riva. Do you remember the name Anna Riva? She used to make oils back mm-hmm. in the day. Mm-hmm. Anna yeah. Riva wrote Anna Riva wrote spells in that style. And she was very good at it. And I went through my little phase of trying to write like Anna Riva. I couldn't do it. I just not my thing, you know what I mean? I had my own little thing. But I loved her for keeping that style alive. And uh, there are many people who who learned under Anna Riva to do that. Yeah. Her real name was Dorothy Spencer. I've always wondered if she was related oh. to Diana Spencer. She obviously had some English in her. She wouldn't have the name Spencer. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's so cool. Mm-hmm. That is really, really that cool. cool. 
Do you have anything to add to that spell, Ollie? I don't. I, the only thing I would say is that I'd, if I was doing it, I'd maybe use money-drawing oil instead of olive oil. But other than that, it's a fantastic uh, incantation. I'm, I'm totally writing it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, an incantation is another word. Because enchant yeah. means to chant, right? To chant yes. over it. And, and incantation, cant is from the same to root chant, as yeah. chant. So incant and enchant are related words. Yeah, very, <laughs> very, very cool. And you'll find that, that there are cultural differences there, but the, with rhythms, with uh, tonage, with, with whether it rhymes or not, right? Um, but mm-hmm. all of this is valid and powerful way of connecting to spirit and bringing power to bear. Yeah. yeah. I I love that yeah. spell. I love that spell, Ramona. You are so good. No wonder you sold what you wanted to sell your writing. You know how to write. <laughs> I <All> try. Right. <laughs> well, there's our music. Um, I'm going to uh, turn this over uh, to Evan to make some announcements. But before I do, I just want to say um, the Hoodoo Heritage Festival will be held September 11th and 12th virtually via Zoom. Tickets are on sale right now at HoodooHeritageFestival.com. And uh, the early bird special still applies until June 21st. And you are pretty much assured, if you get the early bird, that you're going to get the goodie box, which has hundreds of dollars worth of stuff which kicks back on your ticket. I mean, you're going to get books, you're going to get items, you're going to get beads, you're going to get charms, you're going to get candles, you're going to get all kinds of good stuff when you get that early bird special and get the goodie box. So sign up now. I'm going to turn this over to Evan, and when he's all done, we'll come back and say goodnight. Absolutely. Thank you, Miss Cat, And thank you, Conjure Man. And thank you, Mr. Ramona Scott of Ramona Scott Speaks the Other Truth for being our guest this week. Join us next week. Uh, we do not have a special guest just yet, but we will be having a very special Oracle Hour, I believe. Um, so tune in for more excitement and uh, lovely information. Until then, the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour was brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Imperial Company in Forestville, California. You can find this cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Evan Lionheart, joining you from evanlionheart.com in New Jersey. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour can be heard every week live on Block Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show HTML. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you so much, Evan. Maybe we can get you on as our special Oracle Hour guest. (laughs) I would like to hope so. That would be pretty good. But we're going to have uh, somebody be our guest, and we will be back next week. Deacon Millett next week. Uh, We talked about teaching. Oh, Deacon Deacon Millett with teaching. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Good night, all. Good night. Good night. <laughs>